Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, it's time to go to press. newscast, I have an open letter to the President of the United States, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, and the Secretary of the East Hampton Public Library. <laughs> Hello there, gang. How the heck did that get on the air? Who put, who put that on there? What is this? For heaven's sakes ships at sea, Mr. and Mrs. America. What is this? Next thing you know, I'm going to be sitting here and Lum and Amber's going to come on. Oh, by the way, before we get started tonight, it's uh, it's Shepherd's Handy Hints and Kinks Division. As we all know, living in the in the tough life that we live in, uh, Handy Hints and Kinks are very necessary to keep us going. Uh, uh, there are so many things which we fight with these days. And so here tonight is my first Handy Hint and Kink. It is for you pipe smokers out there. Uh, do you have it all set in there? It won't work, huh? Well, then just pull it out and we won't even use it. All right, handy hints and kinks. We're all set. Uh, okay. For you pipe smokers, Shepard has discovered one of the most handiest of all the hints and kinks in that department. The fancier the package that your pipe tobacco comes in, the rottener the tobacco. Okay? And now what do you say rotten? Well, some tobacco burns like old, uh, old used inner tubes. And uh, I'm telling you. So uh, this is the first handy hint here. By the way, this can also be applied. Would you please, uh, Barney in there, watch me, please? Uh, don't worry about that. Just put it aside now. We don't have time to mess with it. It's just like A.J. Foyt. When he blows a tire in the middle of the Indy 500, he doesn't get out of the car and says, Hey, let's figure out what the hell happened here. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, cut it out, will you? Cut it out. I don't have to have this kind of stuff happening to me. I'm a serious artist. I'm serious. I mean, you know, like Jimmy Preston. I'm tired of Richard Nixon. I'm tired of all that stuff. Hey, cut it out, I said. <laughs> all right, all right. It's just, all right. If you're going to laugh, just sit over in the corner then. I'm going to tell you this. Here's another handy hint and kink. Shepherd's hint and kink regarding pipe tobacco also works with breakfast cereals. The jazzier the box, the more indigestible the cereal. <laughs> did you know, by the way, speaking of cereals, did you know that... Uh, that uh, I'm going to ask you a question, a uh, bit of trivia here, a bit of trivia, raise your hand, all you people whose mind is full of all kinds of indescribable garbage that has no earthly use. Did you know that there is a cereal that has a picture of Uncle Sam on it? Uncle Sam on it. And uh, symbolically enough, I think we used the second one on this, Symbolically enough, or perhaps ironically enough, the Uncle Sam uh, is on the box of cereal, which describes itself as a leading laxative cereal. Thank you, thank you. Hello there, hello there, gang. How are you? Oh, 
That's the spot by George. That was as funny as a, uh, your average Henny Youngman gag. Right. Which comes completely already self-vulcanized. Now, uh, hey, yeah, well, okay, all set now, gang? You all come? Speaking of, uh... <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Let's have no editorializing there from that tape deck, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Speaking of, uh, of, uh... Great, uh, great moments here. We just, got, you know, we've been saying bad things about Jersey for a long time, and I, I, I have to say that uh, that um, the shoe is on the other foot now. Of course, obviously, Jersey's been saying some pretty bad things about me from time to time. I've heard some bad things. However, yeah, one night in the Route Three Diner, I'll tell you. But uh, that's another story. However, uh, we have been saying some bad things about Jersey recently, and tonight I, I've decided to, uh, I've decided to. Take the tarpaulin off the great statue, statuary sculptor of truth. Right, we're going to cut the ribbon here, and we're going to give Jersey its just due because at long last, culture has come to be knighted Jersey. I know it sounds ridiculous, but come on, will you? I mean, uh, all right. All right, all right, okay. Do you know that there's talk in Jersey to change the slogan on the Jersey state license plate to the duck pin state? <laughs> no, well, you know, they love bowling. What's the matter? It's a truthful license plate. <laughs> or how about, uh, how about the bar and grill state? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's. This is very serious now. Uh, that would, uh, that would, by the way, uh, I think would be a... Hello. Oh, what's the matter here? Oh, 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 everything is popping around here. There, there. I think that would be a... That's all right. That's not you. It's me. It's my knee. Uh, everybody would uh, would recognize, uh, seriously, that uh, that uh, this is a native cottage industry of Jersey, the bar and grill. And I think that industry should get recognized. You know, they're always coming out with these new stamps, you know, and they're, they're recognizing uh, industries. You know, it shows a guy weaving and a guy spinning shows a, a vast belching steel mill, and they do belch, I'll tell you, especially when they're tapping a the heat. Uh, for those of you who don't know what means when you're tapping a heat, well, it's roughly the same thing as after you've stopped in at the McDonald's and had uh, maybe three quick Big Macs washed down by a Jamocha shake, then you come back for a root beer, well, then you have the problem they refer to in the industry as tapping a heat. So well, I don't want to get into that, that's pretty sickening. That does sound like Lenny Youngman, doesn't it? Or Henny, is it Henny, Lenny? Schmenny, Penny, right, okay. So, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> all right, George. But uh, I would like to say, however, that uh, I do believe that this is a good move in the stamp world. Uh, you know, for a long time, they used to have things like national heroes. Well, you know, after after clean, incisive, uh, deep-thinking writers like Gore Vidal proved that there's no such thing as a national hero. There's only Gore Vidal who stands high above all the chicanery of uh, contemporary life, right? Uh, the writer always does. He has no, he has no, uh, uh, let's put it this way, uh, under uh, the counter interest in the writing this book. He just writes it because the truth has got to be told, right? And it, of course, becomes a literary book guild selection. It becomes a book of a month selection. The Reader's Digest then, of course, uh, puts it out in the new abridged edition 
and then it winds up being put on doilies. And all that. Of course, there's no real reason to write this except for the truth. But however, that's beside the point, friends. Uh, I do believe I like this idea of uh, recognizing industries. Have you seen the stamps would do that? It says carpentry. shows a guy sawing. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I don't know whether you've hired a carpenter recently, but uh, that is, uh, <laughs> that's verging onto one of the, uh, let's put it this way, you have a feeling that your average carpenter is one of the guys high up in organized mobsterism because he demands, he demands more than a tithe now, right? couple of boards sawed, and that's going to cost you maybe two or three years of work. However, <laughs> and then on what's worse, hey, by the way, speaking of carpenters, I will not tell you what community this is in to protect the innocent. I will even change the last name. But there's a famous carpenter that works along the Jersey Shore who has gotten the reputation among other carpenters in the area as the, the name they call him tells the whole story. He's known as One Nail Murphy. <laughs> and, and now, I'll tell you what happened to One Nail Murphy. And, of course, he's, uh, to the non-carpenter, he seems to be uh, the best carpenter in the world. So he has a fantastic, uh, let's put it this way, shelf-side manner. Uh, you know what a shelf-side manner is, you know. He, uh, he's just such a wonderful guy to have around the house, and he tells you what a great house you got and what beautiful decor you've got, and how uh, it takes a person of unbelievable uh, taste to uh, come up with this, uh, this rug that you've got there in the living room, and that uh, he would be proud to know just who does your decorating. Of course, if you told him Sears Roebuck, uh, you know, on a Saturday night, uh, he'd say, no kidding, this is fantastic. So people love him in the community. Until just the other day, when finally it happened as it inevitably would have to happen to one nail Murphy. There was a brief wind that came up, and a guy's A-frame just came completely down, and it was a little wind. It was a wind like, a, you know, the kind of wind where guys are still taking off in their Cherokees? You know, it was about a 10-knot wind, and this brand-new A-frame, the family was, that's right, the family was all sitting down there celebrating their new house, which was nine days old, when all of a sudden the mother said, say, uh, for heaven's sakes, uh, I, I, I didn't know that... Uh, Mr. Murphy put a skylight in up there. And, uh, see, the sky was coming in over the roof there. And at that point, uh, the, the boss uh, of the house there, nominally, looks up and he says, Hey, what do you mean? There is a, I can see blinds up there. Look at the cloud. And just at that minute, the kid says, Yeah, not only that, but the skylight is getting bigger. It was fantastic. They just barely made it out to the driveway before the whole house came down and all that was left standing was their Panasonic color television set. And thank God for that. Give us a little cheer there, please. A little cheer. Cheer. That's it. Thank you. We're now cheering one nail, Murphy. That's it. Murphy, Murphy's famous in the neighborhood, among other carpenters, that Murphy is able to build a complete uh, semi-detached uh, two-story ranch-type house uh, from five to seven rooms using less than 15 nails. Fantastic job. But you better be careful, friends. <laughs> All right, uh, would you please once again give me another cheer for Jersey uh, Culture Place. Thank you, thank you. Sure, two cultures at last come to Jersey. And, uh, and I'm delighted to report it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the other night we talked about how uh, our television show is now on Channel 21. It's a PBS show which 
has gotten good reviews around the country. And if you didn't see it the first time around, here's your chance. You will not see it on good old Channel 13. They have Indian wrestling at that time. However, <laughs> for those of you who are in New Jersey, <laughs> Jersey has definitely latched onto the culture thing. So this evening, in fact, uh, this Sunday evening at 6.30 on Channel 21, uh, I'll be back. Uh, my TV show will be back. It's 21 over in uh, in Long Island, right? Garden City, 21. And uh, New Jersey Public Broadcasting, which is Channel 50 in Montclair, Channel 58 in New Brunswick, and Channel 52 in Trenton. We will repeat, that's Channel 50 in Montclair, Channel 58 in New Brunswick, Channel 52 in Trenton. Now, where did I pick that up? Well, once in a while, I used to ride that train down to Princeton. And, uh, you know, I had this friend there, and uh, he lived in Bucks County, and I'd, he'd pick me up there at Prin uh, Princeton Junction, you know, and uh, this this uh, conductor would walk up and down the train. He would say, Trenton, Trenton. And I stopped him once. I said, uh, are you referring to Trenton? And he said, uh, yeah, Trenton. I said, oh, okay. So I, I've adapted myself to the Jersey uh, pronunciation of that town. So uh, Channel 50, 50, Channel 58, that's 58 in New Brunswick, and Channel 52 in Trenton will carry our show Saturday at 8.30 p.m., and it starts tomorrow. So you'll listen tomorrow at 8.30, or you can watch it even if you have a set that gets uh, Channel 50, 58, and 52. Boy, that's way up in the frequencies. Have you noticed that UHF frequencies are coming on strong around the country? They really are, and that's a very healthy thing. Very, very healthy. For those of you who don't know much about it, the local UHF channels have not taken off, curiously enough, like they have in other parts of the country. Did you know that, for example, in Chicago, uh, the either two or three rated television station is a UHF station? And it's the station that carries the Cubs, that <laughs> carries the White Sox, that carry the Blackhawks. Wow. You know, they don't, they don't carry these uh, usual UHF shows, here, which, were, which are kind of hazy, you know, of a guy with a pointer constantly talking about great land mass shifts in Central America, you know, courtesy of the National Geographic Society. You know those shows, right? So uh, let's, let's give a cheer here for Channel 50. Channel 58, Channel 52, all the New Jersey Public Broadcasting, Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Starts tomorrow. All right, all right, that's enough. There's an old slogan, you know, among the states. Give Jersey an inch and look out. So you don't do that. Oh, very good. Uh, uh, very good. Uh, very good. Very good. <laughs> I still say, I, for years, I was under the impression that, uh, that cellulite is it cellulite. I don't know, whatever, it looks like cellulite the way it's right. For years I thought that was a, a, a very expensive kind of insulation that you put in your house. You know, sound deadening and all that stuff. And here it turns out that people are growing it on their ear and stuff. Well, maybe that's why it's expensive, you know. They have cellulite farms. <laughs> well, oh, well, I'm sorry. Hey, you know, uh, speaking of, uh, of uh, developments in culture, you know, see, at the end of the week you got to, you got to recognize what's happened in a week, you know. Here it is, the end of the week. Uh, weekend's liable to come up any minute now. And I say liable, of course, because I don't want to make any categorical statements. You never know. I wouldn't be hell to wake up tomorrow morning and it's Monday again. And the entire... You know, well, uh, no, well, wait a minute. That's called time warp. And, and uh, yeah, you wake up and it's Monday. And everybody, it's Monday. 
And uh, we could, you know, the flywheel effect is strong. You jump up and run around and yell at people and get in your car and get out on Route 22 and fist fight your way to the bridge and all that stuff. And it would take you about till the middle of August to realize they don't have weekends anymore. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, most guys had <laughs> work very much of the moment, you know. You'd be sitting there, you know, and all of a sudden you said to your friend there, hey, you know, hey, Stan. And Stan will say, yeah. Say, hey, Stan. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm a cuckoo bird, but didn't we used to have a day called Saturday? I mean, when you know, we mess around and go buy nails and stuff, and uh, and uh, clean the screens and uh, go to the ball game. Wasn't there a Saturday? Says, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you're right. There used to be a Saturday, huh? And, and wasn't there? Uh, there was another one in there. Uh, 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 come right up to Saturday. Uh, wasn't Monday? Uh, it was. Uh, 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 I, I, I got it, Stan. Yeah, you're right. Sunday. Remember Sunday? That was a drag, but you remember it? What happened? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, wait a minute. Don't laugh. Time is a concept of man. You know that. That the squirrels don't know that it's Sunday. Have you ever wondered when you're, you're fooling around out there and, the, you know, and, and you get bitten by an ant? How come these ants aren't taking a day off? Well, because they don't know that there is such a thing as Sunday. They really don't. We're the only creature in the world that knows about time. Yeah, you, you know, we got 50,000 million types of uh, instruments to measure it. You know, sonar watches. Guys are getting the exact time now by way of pulse beats from a satellite flying near the orbit of the sun. You know, you want to make sure you really know what time it is. Boop, 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 boop. You know, every second counts in your busy life, doesn't it, friend? And every millisecond counts when you get that kind of time. Boop, 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 boop. It's going, you know. Yeah, I got a friend that's got a watch that has a direct connection to the second moon that swirls around Mars. That's the dark one, you know. There's one that's bright. It's a dark one, and they found it has an absolutely perfect orbit. It goes around in an absolute circle. The only thing we know in our entire solar system. So his time outfit, that, by the way, his watch does not just stop with buying the watch. You also buy the time surface. There's a tiny transistor radio in it that picks up a pulse beat from Montclair, New Jersey, which is connected directly by coaxial connections to a vast transmitting receiving setup out near Parsippany, New Jersey, which picks up the beats from the pulse, the little beats from that great big orbit that's going around Mars, and he's constantly turning his watch on. It goes boop, 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 boop. I say, cut it out, will you, Al? You're getting everybody mad at the bar. He said, yeah, but look at this watch. Watch, boop, 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 boop. I said, what's it doing? He says, it's measuring the orbit of the second moon of Mars. Boop, 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 boop. I said, but Al, in spite of that, you were 17 minutes late for our lunch. Bullard is already cut out and gone, and you just walked in. Well, it turns out that he missed the lunch date because he was on the phone with the place in Montclair because he was behind in his bill, and it took him 20 minutes to straighten that out. But I'll tell you, that watch was right, right on. Let's hear that cheer. Please, thank you. I want to salute modern technology. You know what? You know what's behind this? Now, wait a minute. Hold it there for a minute. Hold it, hold it. Just hold it there, gang. Uh, Shepherds, this is uh, another one of Shepherd's DP theories here. You know what's behind the current nuttiness over extremely accurate timepieces? Well, as our life becomes more fragmented and chaotic in 20th century existence, very practically nothing makes any sense, and it's completely chaotic, unpredictable, there isn't a, a totally unspoken 
uh, almost a, a subliminal desire to create order in the chaos. So if you, the one thing you know, I mean, your wife has joined the woman's lib and she's preparing to run away with her girlfriend, Dorothy, and they're going to get married in Rome. That's right. And your, your kid has been arrested for uh, peddling a, a, a dope, some kind of a strange dope that they, they turn out in Latvia that no one has even heard of yet, and this kid's been taking it. Makes him float 15, 20 inches off the ground, and he's growing what looks like webbed feet as a result of this dope. And uh, you just got a call from the president of the company. He called you up, and he says, uh, listen, we're going to appoint you chairman of the board. And you can't figure out why in the hell they're going to afford you. And then it turns out that the that the president's been involved in a flim-flam and he was setting you up as a patsy. The whole thing is falling apart. You thought all these years that if you bought a Cadillac, it would be the best car in the world, right? You came up with a silly putty transmission, and now, now, now you don't know what to count on? Well, at least you got your sonar, totally operating, moon-operated, electronic, semi-elliptical watch. Boop, 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 boop. You know that it's 11.29 and 13 milliseconds past 7 seconds to the exact minute. What? It missed the beat. What the hell's happening on Mars? Hold it, hold it. Holy smokes, that was terrible. Wow. Okay, well, hey, that's all the, all the commercials we got, gang, unless they sneak a couple of in. <laughs> well, you never know. No, 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 no. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, with the way it's going, you know, uh, they could very cleverly put a, a special antenna out there on the antenna, see, which picks up commercials from out of the air and puts them right in over you as, well, I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but uh, I'll tell you, it's, do you know that uh, that they're working on a system now to compact a uh, four-and-a-half-minute commercial into 58 seconds? And it, no, they are. It's, well, you know, almost anything you can buy today, you can get uh, condensed. You know, milk, potatoes, and the whole business. Why not the pitch, huh? Why not? Boom! Bah! Comes out at you, boy. You're inundated with. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's, uh, there's one guy I know in a laboratory that's working on a system for your uh, your TV set and your radio set too, by the way, to physically assault you. I mean, you know how it is when you're walking down certain streets when there's this guy out there that's plucking at your elbow. Hey, come on in, buy a suit. Ah, ah, ah. We got suits here now, you know. And uh, have you ever gone through that routine? There's a parking lot here in town, right here in, in midtown Manhattan in the 40s, where, the guy, where there's a guy that stands out right in the middle of the street in traffic and keeps waving people in. Yeah, he's right out in the middle. See, well, of course, a lot of the bill docs that come in from, you know, from such cultural centers as Parsippany and, uh, you know, places like, uh, you know, East Rabbit Hash, Vermont. You know, they're driving along. All of a sudden, they see a guy out there waving them. They drive right in. It's $26 an hour in that parking lot. You know, and that doesn't even include all the work they do bashing the back of your car in. You know, there are certain places where they charge you. Did you know that there's a racket, a new racket? Oh, wait a minute. I better not tell you about this one. Do you know that the, that the, that the collecting from insurance business is becoming a big business, you know, collecting insurance, not paying, collecting. Well, there's one place that puts artfully, beautifully done dents in your car, which looks just exactly like you got parked next to, unfortunately, the wrong blue-haired lady uh, at the A&P, and she just pushed your door in so nicely, 
and they do it beautifully. And they even, if uh, you know, if it really gets nasty, they'll supply witnesses. <laughs> you know, that's the truth. Of course, they siphon off thirty percent of the take, right? And they do the repairs too. But uh, you know, it's a nice little cottage industry. And getting back to cottage industries, uh, I wish uh, one of the uh, one of the stamps, you know, the stamp uh, people, if the, you know, the stamps becoming a big business. They even have commercials now for stamps. Oh yes, hey, get the wonderful new patriotic series. You know, picture Palm Revere. They're not selling mail anymore. As a matter of fact, uh, I sent a letter to my mother here. Let's see, it was uh, January 17th. And uh, I called her the other day. She said it just came. She was glad. Came by way, I think, of Nicaragua. Yes, she said there was evidence of flood damage and everything on it. But it finally got there, see. But remember this. I had one of the newest, jazziest stamps on it. So they're not selling mail delivery anymore. They're selling stamps. Whole different ballgame. Oh, yes. Oh, it's like certain cereal companies. Stop selling cereal. They sell packages and premiums. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, I would like to see the post office department, though, celebrate in a beautiful stamp one of New Jersey's favorite industries, and that's the bar and grill. I mean, you know, Al's Bar and Grill, you know, Freddy's Route 3 Rest. There's one place out in Jersey just simply called the Alibi. <laughs> you know, you can always blame that place why you never made it. <laughs> I spent all my dough down there. <laughs> well, <laughs> wouldn't that be a great stamp, though? You could have it done in, say, beer color. You know? And, uh, yeah, you know, that nice, rich, amber-colored. And uh, there's this big, fat guy sitting there, and his head's down, you know, and he's looking, staring moodily into his glass. And there's another guy sitting there telling him an interminable story, you know, and you can see he's half-fallen off the stool. And uh, Big Ernie, the bartender, is going around there with his rag, you know, wiping up the bar. You know, they call that the Wonder Rag. Didn't you know why it's called that? No. It's called the Wonder Rag because after it goes over, you wonder what happened to your change. You mean you didn't know about that? That's the wonder rag. <laughs> and can't you just see, saluting New Jersey's number one cottage industry, the bar and grill. You know, the big sign out in front says, uh, free clams tonight. <laughs> well, I, I kind of like that. It would be a great stamp. I think people would love that stamp. And it would be truthful. Also, I'd like to see that on the bottom of the Jersey license plate. You know, the bar and girl state. Well, now, wait a minute. You know, there's a town right across the, street, uh, right across the river here from, uh, from Manhattan. For, this, for, this, uh, for those of you who are interested in cultural truths, there's a town. What town is it that has the largest concentration of bars and, and grills of any city of its size in the United States? And, in fact, it has something like uh, 397 bars and grills and it has about 258 inhabitants. What is the town? Weehawken, you're close. Mm, uh, you're going to have to adjust it uh, three notches to the left. Uh, bring your elevation down, and uh, you'll lay a mortar shell right in the middle of it. You're close. Okay? Oh, oh wait a minute. Uh, we've got about five minutes here, right? I, I, have, I have something very important to, to uh, transmit to my fellow Americans out there. For those of you who are interested in the, the better life, how it's developing here, would you give me a little uh, uh, American salute music, please? A little Stars and Stripes? No, no, Stars and Stripes. Do you have it in there? Uh, I think we ought to salute that. 
because uh, America is a country that believes in moving forward at all times. And uh, you can just set it up there. Just uh, You don't have to cue it up there, uh, Barney. The Stars and Stripes plays pretty much in the middle as it does in the end. That's one of the things that's good about it. You know, all that marching and yelling and blowing horns and stuff. And now, from a leading business magazine, we here in this concerned corner here of this radio station, noting the various straws in the wind and saluting the ever upward and onward movement among American industry, salute the new industry. Hooray, 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 hooray. I got carried away. Hold it there. I, next thing you know, I'm going to be singing the Stars and Stripes for the rest of the show. You just did very infectious. All right. I quote from a local a well-known uh, news magazine. You and your family trudge off to pay a respectful visit to Great Aunt Bessie, now peacefully nestled in the family plot. All of a sudden, you find yourself fighting a mysterious urge to tap your toes and snap your fingers in time to the melodic strains of Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Huh? Well, it's not some guy playing a transistor radio, no. It's an enterprising young man who used to write musical scores for porno films. <laughs> porno films have musical scores? Well... He used to write musical scores for pornies, and he now devotes his entire time and energies to recording special mood music for graveyards. And uh, he says this, and we quote him, You know, it's, uh, it's uh, well, what we call it's music to dig your death once by. You can go to cemetery and not be depressed. That's kind of nice. That's a new industry. I like that, see. And would you please give me a little of that music there, please. Uh, I'll play a little a selection of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. That's what this is called. See, wouldn't you love to hear this when you walk into the cemetery? <laughs> Sounds like one of those bad ABC wild wide mysteries written by any one of 37 guys named Brian. That's a factory, you know. That's a factory name, Brian Clemens. There's no Brian Clemens. No, there's no Campbell, you know, of Campbell's Soup either, you know. Right. Didn't you know that the, there's there's at least 4,000 Brian Clemens? It's a great syndicate over there, and they turn out the same show, but an American go. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, hold it, hold it, hold it. You know that, well, wait a minute. This is not a new idea, though, actually. Hold it, thank you. That's enough of that Book of the Dead stuff. Wow. Holy smokes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you realize, of course, that... Uh, the Forest Lawn, the famous L.A. cemetery, which, according to this piece, is the queen of the final resting places. It's the flagship of Valhalla. But, uh, hey, how'd you like that, huh? I just came up with that one, huh? The flagship of Valhalla. But uh, let's put it this way. It's the flagship that sails the Great River Styx, <laughs> the fleet. But uh, they, for years, you know, have provided music, mood music, when you come in there. But you know what the mood music consists of? Well, you hear this one. Requests of the deceased. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, and and you know, curiously enough, they always request this very solemn stuff like Rock of Ages, and you come up there, you know, and old Uncle Al, and you know, Uncle Al in real life didn't sit around and request Rock of Ages. I mean, old Al, Uncle Al didn't come in in the middle of the afternoon and say, Hey, how about the uh, how about bringing in the sheaves, huh? No. Or, uh, hey, how about a couple of courses of uh, Beethoven's Night, huh? 
The last, the, the last part, you know, Schiller's Ode to Joe. How about that? Huh? No, no. Oh, look, Al. If they ever played the true last request of many of the guys that have departed and are now sailing forever, the river sticks. You know how the music starts. When you come up to it, it's got a, uh, it's got an electric eye. When you walk by it, it turns on. Yeah, you know. Can't you just hear this guy walks? You walk up to this guy's last resting place, and all of a sudden, this voice says, "I'm singing a song to that stuff that made Milwaukee famous." I'm singing a song that made me a loser. The stuff that it could very, very well be truthful, you know. I don't know why I think like this on a Friday night. I should really try to straighten up. After all, it's a bicentennial year coming up, all that solemn stuff. And uh, I have to start thinking more of Nathan Hale and, and uh, you know, all those guys. All right. Right. W-O-R in New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.